continue with our next hymn. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9. The coming of Zion's king. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. The epistle reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. After being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and then under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Message to join me in the center aisle. He's already there. Well, good morning. This is kind of a special day here at church, isn't it? What's unusual about today? Yes. It's Palm Sunday, and did you guys wave your palms already? Did you wave some palms? No? Yes? No? Maybe? Maybe you just waved your arms. But this is a very special day for us. This is a day that we remember something unique that happened in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got a little picture here. All righty. So I'm going to give you one of these. You stay right there, though. Don't go anywhere. There you go. I didn't bring crayons, though. That's for you. And that's for you. That's for you. And we've got one for you. We've got one for you, too. Watch Pastor trip over this shepherd's staff. One for you and you. And you're welcome. Okay, now I want you to look at that picture. And we got a couple over here. Excuse me. One for you and you. You're welcome. And 
for you. And here we go. We got two. You're welcome. Did you want one too? You're good? Okay. Junior high confirmation. I get it. I get it. So what do you see in this picture? The picture that I just gave you. What do you see there? You see palms? Okay. Why do you suppose I gave you a picture with palms in it today? It's Palm Sunday, of course. Look at here. That's a palm. They're all over the place. Yeah, here's another one here, and they're hanging all over on the sides of the church. It's a very special day that we celebrate. And the reason we celebrate, you can kind of look at your picture now. What do you see in that picture? Jesus is doing what? He's riding on a donkey. Do you know what city he was in when he rode on that donkey? Jerusalem. Yes, he was in Jerusalem. And Jesus rode on the donkey down the street. And there were people who put uh, clothing on on the ground. Can you see that in there? Yeah. And then there were people who were waving palm branches. And you know, these people were very excited. But I don't think they really understood what Jesus was doing and why he was doing it. I think they thought that, oh my goodness, here we have a Savior. But I don't think they talk about, they don't think they thought about being saved from their sins. I think they thought, well, here's somebody that can save us from the kings and the rulers who are ruling over us. And that's why they were so excited to see Jesus, and that's why they were praising Jesus. And some of these people actually saw a miracle that Jesus did. They saw him raised Lazarus, his own friend, from the grave. And I think these people thought, somehow we got to figure out a way for this Jesus to be our earthly king. But did Jesus come to be an earthly king? No, he didn't. What kind of king did he come to be? Yeah. A, a king that served people rather than had them serve him. What, again, another reason, what, did, what kind of king did Jesus come to be? He came to be a savior king, didn't he? And we celebrate and worship Jesus as our savior and as our king, especially on a day like this, Palm Sunday. Uh, we're looking ahead to a very special uh, weekend, aren't we? Next weekend. What's next weekend? Easter, Easter, and you know what happens on Easter, right? Yeah, but you know what happens before Easter too, right? Yeah, so we're looking forward to Easter Sunday as well. Well, thanks for coming up this morning, and I hope you have a wonderful Palm Sunday. And um, yeah, take your picture, and you can color that. You put it on the wall at home. Good morning. It's a little too early to say Christ is risen, indeed. You have to hold off on that. This is not the time for that. Because our Lord, as you well know, must undergo some very difficult things. 
before we can say Christ is risen indeed. The time to which all of the Lenten season has been pointing us is now beginning to unfold again through the words of Holy Scripture. Jesus' earthly ministry of teaching the people is beginning now to wind its way down. And his preparation for the imminent work of his blood redemption for your salvation and for my salvation is beginning to gather momentum. You are all very well acquainted with the Easter gospel. And it all starts with a procession, an unusual procession, the procession of our Lord through the streets of Jerusalem while riding on the back of a simple donkey, a colt, the scripture tells us, the foal of a donkey colt which had been tied up and never before used. And I always found that rather intriguing and curious. This young colt that Jesus was given to ride on that particular day. Scripture tells us that no one had ever ridden this colt before. Maybe you think, so what? What's the big deal? But seemingly, God the Father had taken this colt and set it apart for a very unique and a very important purpose. One holy, solitary use. I guess much like God had set apart the never-before-been-used tomb of Joseph of Arimathea for the burial of Jesus after his crucifixion and his death. Our Lord Jesus purposefully chose to enter the holy city riding on a donkey. Why? You know, with Jesus there are no unintended outcomes. There are no accidents that happen. This is all very much in control of our Lord himself and God, the Heavenly Father. And by riding on a donkey, say, instead of a wonderful war horse, our Lord identifies himself with the people as being of royal lineage. Lineage of ancient King David, who had reigned many, many centuries earlier. But curiously, the ancient kings of Judah often rode a donkey as an intentional indication that somewhere along the way they had descended from King David. So riding on a donkey was also an act that our Lord came in peace. He did not come with a spirit of warfare. Jesus wasn't a warrior king. The army that followed him didn't carry weapons. They carried palm branches. And they sang his praises. They were an army of people, however, who were hopeful that Jesus would unseat the wicked and powerful King Herod from the throne 
so that they could put one of their own in the place of the rule. And what begins to unfold reveals our Lord Jesus bringing to light words of prophecy, ancient words of prophecy that had been given by God and recorded by prophets such as Zechariah or Isaiah or King David himself. Jesus never intended, not at all, to be a triumphant and victorious military king for the people of Israel. Many of the common people hoped he would, but in reality that was not his calling. That was not his mission. They were all excited, of course, because many of them had seen some of the miracles that Jesus performed. But Jesus didn't come as a charlatan to mingle among the people. Jesus was determined to secure a victory, to be sure. But it was a victory carried out in God's way. A victory that would come through humility. A victory that would come through suffering. A victory that would come through ridicule. And ultimately, through a horrific, torturous death on a cross. No revolt of the people against any earthly power, even Rome at the time, could ever, even in the smallest way, establish the true kingdom of God. God's kingdom would be revealed by God at His appointed time and in His appointed way through His divinely appointed Son. And like the ancient people of Israel, how often, how often are you and I tempted, tempted to fall prey to the earthly imagination that somehow we, if we try hard enough, can create God's kingdom here on earth in a way that would suit our own personal desires. That somehow you and I can place ourselves in control of those things that in the end only the Lord God has power over. And yet, everything comes and goes ultimately and only at the time that God himself has appointed it should. Not you, nor I, nor any other person can take the place of the Creator God in his own divine will and create his own divine time by using an intellect which, while is a wonderful thing, is fallen is fallen. And when all is said and done, in the span of God's creation, and when everything one day will be called to account when He returns in glory, there's only one who can advocate for you and me before the throne of Almighty God. And it is not 
we ourselves. It is Jesus. Only Jesus will be able to claim before the throne of the Father that by His holy, precious, and innocent blood, we have been reconciled to God. Only Jesus can make you right with God through His innocent suffering and death, through His blood shed on the cross of Calvary. Blood that washes you and me clean from the filth of our sin. Blood that restores you and me into a saving relationship with the Heavenly Father. Blood that sets us free to be the people of God. Blood that completely demolishes our sin separation from God. Arches and columns and plaques and other memorials have long heralded the historical entry of conquerors and majestic warriors and powerful earthly kings into great and historic cities. And even today, occasionally on television, you can watch huge and majestic trains of cars following, following a crowd. Caesar entered Rome with a chariot drawn by six fierce lions. Picture that. Pompey had elephants pulling his chariot. Picture that. Other Roman emperors would enter cities riding in golden chariots, being pulled by magnificent horses. Plain and simple, Jesus rode a donkey. Jesus rode a donkey. He rode it intentionally in humility as a sign of peace. He rode that donkey knowing that in the end it would be for you and for me and all people. And that he would by his suffering and death set us free and be at peace with God through his holy innocent blood shed on the cross of Calvary. And by his imminent resurrection of the grave, from the grave, as we will celebrate this coming Sunday. Reflecting on the words of today's text, Martin Luther note that, yes, of a truth, Jesus will be a king. And Luther says, but remember, it's a poor and wretched king who has in no way the appearance of a king, if he were to be judged by outward earthly might and splendor like worldly kings and princes are. Luther goes on to say that Jesus leaves to other kings such things as pomp, and castles, and palaces, and gold, and wealth. And yet, his wretchedness and his poverty are evident. How? Because he comes riding on a donkey 
like a beggar. Luther closes the idea that he will take from us sin and strangle death and endow you and me with eternal holiness and eternal bliss and eternal life. That can't be seen of the one who is sitting on the back of a donkey. Luther invites us to close our eyes, open our ears, and perceive not how our Lord rides so humbly on a donkey, but open your eyes and see him carrying a cross. See him carrying away your sins. That can't be seen in our humble Savior. We must hear it with our ears, through it words. And having those words read into our minds and spoken into our hearts. We must hear them. We must believe them. We thank and praise God today, God the Father, for the humble man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief, who rode a simple donkey colt long ago on a street filled with palm branches in Jerusalem. Oh, to the bottomless depths he went, ultimately to rescue a dying world. And maybe more to the point this morning, to rescue you and to rescue me for all eternity. Dear friends in Christ, God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace be yours because of the one who rode the donkey long ago in Jerusalem, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And now